Okay, this will be a fun episode. We're going to have Matt Barber on, who's absolutely one of my favorite people to follow on social media. If it's not his uh, southern accent from Mobile, Alabama, it's all the cool stuff that he does. He's on LinkedIn, uh, drawing consensus from docs around the world as an arthroplasty surgeon. He's all over patient testimonials and fun stuff. He's really a leader in the field in that regard, born and bred from uh, from southern Alabama and Mobile, He's a lot of fun, trendsetter. You're going to love the episode. Hashtag follow the pro. From Medical Media, this is The Author Show. It's Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where we bring you the best of the best. And again, today is no exception. We are going due south. We have Dr. Matt Barber, who's a dear friend of mine, orthopedic surgeon in private practice in Mobile, Alabama, who specializes in joint replacement. He's, uh, he's born and bred down in Alabama, and he is one of my absolute favorite people to follow on social media. How are you, Dr. Barber? Doing fro-tastic, Scott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> ah, there you go. Thank you very much for joining me in the closet. We had a little bit of some glitches there technically, but we got it done. So we're so happy to have you on. So look, man, we always... We always like to sort of start in the beginning, right? It seems like you're you're in Alabama. I, I just love listening to your voice and your accent. That's like one of my number one things. But, you know, Alabama is where you are. So when did it all start for you about the idea of orthopedics and being a doc? Uh, doc started early on, probably like a lot of people kind of in high school and, and really probably had no conception of what that really meant at the time. Family's not medical. Uh few twists and turns, but it ended up working out, getting into medical school, uh, still didn't know what I wanted to do, ended up uh, very late to the game, uh, fourth year of medical school, uh, developing this interest in orthopedics. I, I basically started a rotation, and within a week or two, I knew this was it. Um, against a lot of odds, managed to match into uh, orthopedic surgery, uh, and it kind of went from there. I ended up getting to meet and and learn from some fantastic people uh, and got this interest in joint replacement and followed that. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, joint replacement's so cool. I mean, it's like you take these people that are really, you know, incapacitated, they have severe limitations in their lifestyle and the things that they do. And then you demonstrably heal them, you know, in such a short window of time, they can go from not being able to walk to being able to you know, run down your hallway and be able to shout and jump up and down and say, thank you, Dr. Barber. It's a pretty cool job. We slash I have, have the best job in the world, Scott. There's, there's no question. Um, and, and even as a subspecialty, uh, this works. Uh, it works well and it has its challenges and it has its things that we keep striving at and keep trying to get better at. But on the whole, they work and that's what keeps us coming back. Yeah, no, I, there, there's nothing that we do works 100%. And there are some complications and things that occur. But for the most part, what we do really does, you know, change the lives of people. And it really makes a, a huge difference, puts a, a such a smile on your face when you see these people coming back in and so pleased and happy that you've been able to help them. So, you know, one of the things, you know, I like to joke around a little bit here and there, but, you know, you're a real trendsetter. And I got I to gotta give you some kudos on this because, 
you know, everybody post pandemic sort of sort of went with a much more relaxed atmosphere, you know, started ditching the ties and the sport coats. But dude, you were like, you were like early on, like scrubs, man. You're like, you know, as long as I've known you, you've always been posting, you're at the office, you've always been wearing scrubs. So for me, I'm right there with you. So it's like, are you like sponsored by figs or something? What do you got a deal going on? What do you got? Uh, they're not even fancy scrubs like that. They're just, <laughs> just regular whatever most of the time. I'm I'm casual, and I would tell you that I think in real life and social media everywhere else, I, I think authenticity trumps everything, and I'm super casual. I, I don't wear socks unless I've got my cowboy boots on. Uh, I wear scrubs. I, I may have a white coat somewhere that I would struggle to find. I wear ties for the the very occasional wedding or funeral if I'm forced to. Um, <laughs> it, but but like it's a it's a patient thing too, right? And and a lot of patients are looking for different things. And if, if I went to clinic in a in a shirt and tie and a white coat, I would be noticeably uncomfortable. It would come through. My patients would know that I was was struggling with that or was faking it um and, and everybody's disappointed then so this is this is what it is and um i think people that react well to that that somehow i've managed to keep a practice open yeah no you know it's funny i mean there's been a big evolution in what we do i mean i used to wear impeccable suits to work when i first started out but my hair was really short and my toes were covered with actual shoes you know, but as things have come along and now with the pandemic in particular, I'm like, you know, people are coming to me for my, for my brain and my opinion and my experience. They don't, they're not coming to me to see me what I'm wearing. So I'm like, I'm in scrubs. I got the fro out. I got the toes out my flip flops. I'm super comfortable. Haven't had a single complaint yet. So that's uh, it's a better way to live, better way to go to work for sure. Uh, absolutely. So, I mean, you brought up social media and I think uh, I love, I, I, I'm just a huge fan of yours. And, you know, there's, there's some real leaders across the medical industry in particular that people really enjoy watching. And so, you know, I, I love, I love what you do and, and you have a unique approach and everybody sort of seems to find their unique approach. And some of the things that I think that really stand out for you is you, you know, you love your patient testimonials, you know, you're down South and, you love to take you know video of your patients you know shooting wild turkeys off the back deck with their brand new knee replacement you know stuff like that but no they're always they're excited they're fun they're entertaining one of the other ways i think that i really enjoy is you always try to build consensus amongst your peers there's always difficult cases that are out there and it's nice to be able to roll ideas by people as well and you always you know try to do it with fun so you brought it up a little bit but give us your philosophy on on Matt Barber, on social media, what it is you're trying to accomplish? I don't know that I even know. I think in a given moment, it's whatever has my interest. And so it really, as that started somewhere along the line, I just said, okay, what if I decided to just live my professional life in a glass house here uh, and just throw it all open and, and keep it real, so to speak. I mean, that's a goofy way to say it maybe, but what would happen? And so the patient uh, parts of it are a communication thing, right? And that can come off as being sort of, oh, markety, pushy, whatever. But really, when we talk to our patients, if you really sit and talk to them, people have got crazy ideas about what happens or that 
I'm going to have a joint replacement and I'm just going to be laid up for three months or six months and I can't live my life. And I'm trying to say, no, I mean, this is, this is what happens. These are real people that are like you and, and they're back to doing stuff. And so it's always intended to be educational in that regard. So if I'm talking to you, then you know that uh, this is not educational for you, but for a lot of people out there, it is. And similarly, you know, with LinkedIn and a lot of these other platforms, we have ways to engage our peers about tough cases and techniques and things all the time. And so that's incredibly interesting to me. And I, you know, I'm pretty open. And so I just love the the back and forth of, of people. You know, some people get probably over overly dogmatic about certain things, but you can put stuff out there and get different ways of looking at it. And it just stimulates a, a different way of thinking about these, these challenges that we have. And I love it. And you do it great. And, and I think one of the, the other things I always like to ask, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but uh, you know, this is your material, right? I mean, you're the one coming up with these ideas and things and thoughts and you're not. That's why they're not good ideas. It's just, <laughs> stuff. It's just like I said, it's whatever's going on with me that day. Yeah. And that's great. I mean, that's authentic. As you said, that's where, you can establish yourself, then your patients get to know you. Another thing that I think really is nice is that letting patients do the talking for you, I think is super important, right? Patients are much more savvy now than they were. And it's not just because their primary care doctor tells them to go and see somebody. It's because they want to do their research. They can go online. They can watch your videos and your testimonials. And by the time they walk in, they're like, I already know this guy, Dr. Matt Barber. I'm really excited to meet him and really happy he's going to be caring for me. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very real thing that I probably didn't really conceive of when some of this started. And I was talking with uh, Stu Brandon in a, an interview, uh, and I, I do have sort of a theory that it's the it's the social equivalent of blockchain, right? All these other interactions have created a series of events that essentially validate what's going on, and and you can. I mean, obviously, people can manipulate that. You'll find people that have, you know, 8 million five-star Google reviews or these really slick, kind of really polished things out there. But I think if if you're exposed enough, like I said, if I'm wide open, um, I'm able to say, this is who I am. This is what my practice looks like. And nothing is perfect. But uh, here's here's what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to do for my patients and here's what my patients will tell you and here's what my colleagues will tell you and so like you said they have a way to sort of know you before they meet you and to uh to get comfortable with with talking to you because it it's a scary thing right i mean i do i don't know 500 however many hundred joint replacements a year now uh but for the people that i interact with it's a once or twice in a lifetime thing for them and so um it, it if i'm going to be empathetic to that i've got to i got to try to understand that and get information out there in a way that's helpful to them yeah i think that's exceptionally well put uh, you know one of the other things you know we're both in private practice and we're both in relatively small villages in a big world but yet you know we can be a part of this social media uh, prop platform and and really be able to have you know relationships and, and colleagues you know from around the country and around the world and really generate amazing consensus and you're really good at that you really put these you know challenging cases up you lead in that regard and then people will answer and i always find those 
those to be very stimulating. It's like Corey Callendine and Vindasa. I mean, you guys just have this great sort of ability to communicate and, and bring people together. And I think that's awesome. Well, I think you've got other people and, and Corey and Ben are, are great examples of just these really bright guys that are putting themselves out there. Uh, and, and we're talking about things. And when you've got people that are committed to being better and to constantly getting better and they're just open to that process. And so let me put some stuff out there and, and, and let's beat these ideas up and, and see what we come up with and can I integrate that and can I make things better for my patients and you know it's things that may have in the past gone on in little snippets at national meetings or you'd sit and talk with somebody or you'd compare cases well now you can do it 24 7 with with people all over the world you know you, you talked about technology let's you know let's talk about you know because all you do is hip and knee replacements right I'm assuming you do left and right you don't have to get too bored so you can go back and forth Still do both sides. Yeah, I haven't haven't super specialized. Just <laughs> hips and knees. Correct. There you go. Hip healer of hips and knees, left and right. I love it. So so give us some cool, unique perspectives of what you think right now is happening with technology in total knee replacement. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think everybody, you get schools of thought. I think some people have just gone with, hey, we've got this down. It's great. Um, we only need to figure out how to do this better, faster, and cheaper for as many people as we possibly can um, for as long as we need to until somebody figures out a way to regrow cartilage effectively. Um, and then you, you've got, I, I, there are parts of that that we need, but we clearly have a lot of patients that don't have amazing outcomes that don't do as well as some of our other patients. And so you got people out there that are, that are trying to sort out some of those nuances and, and is it on the implant side and is it on the technique side? What's the overlay of robotics or three-dimensional planning, whether you do that with 3D printed guides? I mean, there's, there's a ton of ways to get after this. We're still, you know, there, there's, there's still some technique things that maybe we've known or thought we've known for a long time, but how do we get those out there and, and practically applied in every single case? Um, you know, all these years later, we still see same issues of instability after knee replacements and, and continued pain, infection, some of the other smaller percentage complications that we're still looking for, you know, answers for. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, Rand Schwartzkopf from, from NYU, I think, really said something that stuck well with me, which is, you know, do you want to get into an Uber driver that's pulling out a AAA map, or, or do you want to be with the guy that's got a GPS and driving you down the street, you know, specifically? So, clearly, technology is moving its way into the operating room, as you stated, whether it's patient-specific instrumentation or robots, or if it's 3D printing for the conformist knee, which is, you know, you know, sort of you know, dialed into the individual patient. All of these things are there. I think they're 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 working their way in. I think they still need to be proven over time for outcomes, obviously. Uh, but I think technology is is clearly clearly not going away. So one of the other things that you and I share, and uh, and that is you are a podcaster, man. You've got the Ortho Real podcast, which I love your your logo there. It's a skull and crossbones, but it's not just crossbones. It's a femur. And then it's a knee and they cross each other. I mean, that's like really pretty cool. So 
So what brought you to the podcast world? What did you have to say? What did you want to talk? Why, why podcast? It, it's just an outgrowth of, of the same kind of things we do on social media. And those are, are different in every platform, you know, LinkedIn, we've got kind of this network of orthopedic professionals, device professionals, people that show cases, Facebook probably has, you know, more patient interaction and skews a little more local has some longer form stuff. I mean, and there's a busy community on Twitter, you know, that are just, here's an x-ray and here's a few characters in a blurb about this. And this was a way to um, have some more uh, in-depth interaction, kind of like we're doing now. And from my standpoint, I mean, the dirty secret here is that people will talk to you if you have a podcast. So, you know, I would have these conversations just in the middle of the afternoon, but most of the, a lot of the people on my, my podcast might not, not if it wasn't being broadcast. I mean, so for me, the opportunity to sit down and talk to Leo Whiteside for an hour or two and just soak that up. It's amazing uh, to talk with you, to talk with other people like that. It's just more for me. And then mine's so all over the place with the different different types of guests and what we're talking about i think some of it's interesting for patients some of it's interesting for people in the device industry some is interesting for surgeons it really is uh is is a little bit of everything and and you know the more i talk to you about all this i'm kind of realizing that i have a maybe a poor attention span or not a great focus with with how i'm doing all this but it 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 really is whatever is interesting me right at that time. So you're seeing what's going on in my head and what's going on in my practice. And we just talk about it. Well, that's the beauty of Matt Barber, man. You don't, I mean, that, that's exactly who you are. There's, you know, it's like, you don't have to change anything. It's a labor of love. It's a natural extension of your ability to communicate. You enjoy communicating. There's nothing better than getting on these amazing people and, and hearing about their amazing stories. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, and then you're helping to spread their, their word. And so I, I mean, I, you know, just like you, I've, really come to really enjoy the podcasting. It's a great extension of who you are with great conversations with amazing people. So, you know, we got, there's a couple more things I want to talk about, which I, you know, I, I've been really enjoying as I've been following you. And, you know, there's, there's like, when I wake up in the morning, there's like two things that, that would really make me happy. The first is like my dog jumps into the bed, licks my face and shows me unconditional love. And then is to go down and see if I've made one of Scotty Becker's lists or if he's saying anything about me. So it's like, you know, so a big shout out to Scott. We love all of your platform. It's absolutely amazing what you're doing. And I think everybody gets to two or three emails a day. And the first thing we do is we go look at those emails and, and see what's going on in the orthopedic space. But I mean, you made the list of this real, you've got the cool kids list, dude. You were on this thing for ASC physician, total joint surgeons that you should know. And I mean, that was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know how I made that. And I didn't know initially. I, I get a couple of those emails and I missed that one. And I, I got a little text and a shout out from uh, Andrew Cooper. And he let me know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, there's some fun people to list with Vin and Corey and, you know, oh. a, a lot of the people that we all watch and listen to. So it's uh, it's always fun to make one of Scotty's lists. I think we all look forward to that for sure. All right. Then there was this other thing that was going on, which you were pushing hard. And I got to admit, I think I voted for you for like 20 times to be able to make this the nappy list for, for 2021. So you got to tell us what that was all about because you were you were pushing hard. I was so happy that you made it. 
Yeah, that's uh, just the uh, local uh, awards, uh, if you will. So there's, uh, you know, all the categories for restaurants and services and, and all of that sort of thing. And they added a best ortho doc category last year. Uh, and, and you and, and other uh, wonderful people uh, around me voted uh, voted for me enough that I won that last year. And then we, we repeated this year. So we appreciate those votes. That's awesome. I love it. My wife is uh, is a florist and owns a home floral garden store. So every year it's like the best of Boston. She she usually gets on there. So we're big supporters of all of our friends and family that are running for stuff. So I'm really happy that you made that out too. So look, you know, what are the other things that you and I have shared a little bit? We've been talking back and forth and we don't have to specifically, you know, talk about laser, but one of the things that happened this year at the Academy was for the first time in eight years, they updated the guidelines for, for non-operative treatment of osteoarthritis of the knee. And they put down some really, you know, new topics and new ideas that were really non-traditional and alternative. So, you know, long acting steroids, for example, they start example, they started talking about acupuncture, laser made the list as well. So we were super happy to be on the list. You know, what are your thoughts? Have you reviewed that? I mean, you feel like this is a good thing that the Academy is taking some new steps to think a little differently, a little less traditionally? You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious that it's a good idea that they're taking a look at these things. Um, and, you know, you and I have had had some great conversations about laser and its potential as a as a therapy. And, and we want to see more and more of that kind of stuff uh, out there so that patients just have options. I mean, knee replacement works great if you need it, but it's still a surgery. I mean, can we do something else to get you around that? And some people know they need it and it's coming, but they need to buy some time and we want more options. And I think maybe to your point, getting the Academy involved is good to have some scrutiny because if we're not examining these things, if we're not subjecting them to trials and peer review exist in, in this vacuum, this wild, wild west of the internet and, and alternative therapies where, you know, people can say anything uh, without it being validated necessarily. And, you know, you see people get uh, get misled sometimes and, and get ripped off. Yeah, I'm really pleased that the Academy at our national level took the time and the energy, a lot of time and energy with their committee to sit down and review the literature and see what's out there and talk about the pros and cons. And even just now starting a conversation about these alternative treatments for, for doctors, they're guidelines for us to be able to try and educate our patients as best as we can. And you know, at the end of the day, every patient doesn't need surgery, and it's nice to have additional options that are out there. So I was very pleased to see that the Academy sort of had, had, made, that, uh, had made that move. Look, Matt, you know, this is, uh, this is what we do here on the Ortho Show. We love to tell the stories of unique uh, orthopedic individuals from around the world, and you are one of those. And for all of our listeners, you've just got to follow Matt on LinkedIn, uh, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. He's always doing amazing stuff. He's one of my favorite people to watch and listen to. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show, Matt. Thanks for having us. Let's make it a fro-tastic day, everyone. Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Until next time.